I hope you've missed me. Some of you might have noticed that it's been a while since I've posted an episode. I've been busy, busy, and also deciding what direction I want to take this show in. More about that later. First of all, enjoy episode 41 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast. This is my appearance on a show called Lorraine's Bathroom Moments. Lorraine is an exceedingly charismatic host, and we have a little bit of a joke about me being late at first before launching in to questions about Scotland. I really hope you enjoy episode 41 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff. He's here! Let me get him. Let me send the international elevator. They tore down the Willy Wonka factory. It goes through the roof and takes the international people home in a matter of moments. Well, well. 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 Thank, um, I hope you will forgive me. Um, I was looking forward to joining you all week. It looks like I got the time difference wrong. I've been really loving your vibe and the posts that I've seen you post on Facebook ever since we came into contact. So I'm sorry I'm so late, but um, I, hope, it's okay. I hope we'll make the best of it now, Lorraine. I, I got a nice bathrobe to wear for you. Ooh, it is nice. And I'm loving that. Ooh, it's so plush. Mmm, plush. Yes. Thank uh-huh. you, everyone who joined, for being so patient. I really appreciate you sticking around because you had every reason to hate me. No. I don't have those kind of followers. We're loving, gentle people. Great. So let me ask you something. What are they drinking in their mugs over there in Scotland? All right. Interesting. Well, we are a big, we are still part of UK, Great Britain. And as uh, people who are British, we do love tea. Tea is uh, essential. You can't go over to someone's house without them saying, would you like a cup of tea? It's, um, it's tradition. So mostly what we're drinking out of our cups is tea. Is tea. Okay. Good, good old-fashioned British tea from India. Oh, and Jake Ryder just showed up. He's over in the UK as well. Welcome, international friends. So listen, I have a, a few <clears throat> Scottish questions. Lovely. That I need to get out of the way. First of all, how often do you eat gefilte fish? Right. In Scotland, that's more of a Jewish thing. Well, I'm from a Jewish background. I know, but it's the only fish I knew. So it came off the top of my head. I'm sorry. What kind of fish do you eat? Well, um, salmon's quite popular. We like, uh, there's a tradition of going down to a chippy, which is somewhere that makes fries and fried food, and getting fish and chips, which is usually haddock. But we're overfishing the oceans for haddock. So now sometimes they do cod instead. Um, so, mm. yeah, we've got to, wa- we've got to watch about those fish, right? Yes. Second question. The perfect shepherd's pie, lamb or beef? Well, personally, I'm a vegetarian, so corn for me. But other people can do whatever they prefer. Okay. Is shepherd's pie a staple in most restaurants in Scotland? It's not something that you'd usually get in a restaurant. It's more of a traditional homemade dish. Mum makes it for you. She puts the the she puts it in the oven and makes it herself. 
Okay. Do you own a kilt? I don't own one person. Careful I... now. There's a follow-up question. Just warning you. Oh, are you going to ask me if I'm a true Scotsman? Well, I wasn't going to phrase it exactly like that, but yeah. Yeah, so that's the tradition to wear no underwear under the kilt. Um, usually they're worn at special occasions, a uh, Christmas party, wedding. Once a year, there's something called a Burns Supper in which we celebrate uh, Robert Burns, who's a world-famous poet, poet from Scotland, and it's traditional to wear a kilt to a Burns Supper and eat a haggis. And how old were you with haggis? That's rabbit. Haggis? No. No. It's, um, no, no. It, actually, it's... That's hot and pepper. It's um, sheep's intestines served with oats in its own stomach. It tastes as good as it sounds. <laughs> well, I've not eaten of haggis. Okay, I'm back. I've not eaten haggis for a great many years since I stopped eating meat. However, it is actually really rather delicious. And if anyone is in, is uh, visiting from Scotland, in Scotland, I definitely recommend you try it at least once before you go. You know, I just thought of something. Go. We have a saying over here. People out there, let me see some hearts if you've heard this before. Haggis baggis. Haggis. And if haggis is... Yeah, we say haggis baggis. And you said it's in, intestine, which is a bag, really. It carries yeah. stuff. I wonder if that's where it came from. Somebody needs to Google that and let us know what haggis baggis really means and if there's any connection to the haggis that we heard about here this morning. Right. But we won't go any further into haggis because I don't have anything else to throw up in. So <laughs> anyway, um, let me ask you last question is this. What is the average age that a young Scotsman receives his first kilt and is it just for boys or do girls wear kilts too hmm what when you would probably get one at your end of you'd probably wear a kilt for something like the dance at the end of school or something like that um so it really it really depends when you start going out to these uh, if you went to do scottish traditional dancing so it really depends how early on you would leave uh, you would be attending one of these events it could be very young um do what was the, the, the follow-up do women wear kilts nope they're exclusive for men women can wear tarts and skirts and i appreciate it very much when they do but usually um a kilt would only be worn by a man and there is a difference between a kilt and a skirt a skirt um, goes all the way around uh, once, whereas the the material that a kilt is made of actually wraps itself around the body one and a half times. It's not a closed loop the way that a skirt, oh. you know what I mean? Interesting. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for our Scottish educational um, lesson this morning. We, we um, are ready to head into the first lap of your story. So, and it's Anthony, Anthony, right? that's right. Like Anthony and Cleopatra. That's right. That's correct. And interestingly, uh, my middle name is Mark. So I'm Anthony Mark, much in the way that he was Mark Anthony. Anthony, clever mom you have. Clever, clever lady. So tell us about 
be yourself and love it. And I just want to say, here's the thing that you had me from hello mm -hmm. on um, after I got past life wizard. Right. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. And the way you said you empower heroes, right. use and you know, that is so good. Because just saying it like that, you are empowering the person who's reading awesome. from the moment they come aboard. How kind of you. Yes. And I was, even though I do coaching and therapy with people, I know that some people have uh, bad associations with the th term coach or therapist or counselor. So I put wizard on my business card because, well, wizards empower heroes, you know, for every hobbit there's a gandalf and for every luke skywalker there's an obi-wan kenobi and um they as uh ev we all need support and encouragement and sometimes it's good to get that from outside of the family or your close friends because they're too close to you they're too involved with your issues to be able to give you an objective opinion or really a lot of the time just listen to you without interrupting. So over the last seven years, I started doing workshops and I ended up doing one-to-one -one coachings and trainings with people to help them achieve whatever they want to achieve. It doesn't um, really, it's not, I'm not there to teach people or educate them so much as help them discover their own wisdom, their own sense of purpose, their own resources, and put them into practice so that they can get more, so that they can be themselves and love it. That's why my podcast is called Be Yourself and Love It, because the podcast itself is dedicated to teaching things that will help them be the best version of themselves. It's not enough to just be yourself. Sometimes when you say to people, be yourself, they, the first thing they think of, myself? You mean the crappy self that didn't get dates in school? anyone but them anyone but myself so i want to help right. people find the a self that has some power and passion behind that and uh, that's what that's what my work involves you know it is i i had not realized and i i live by um a theory here wait a minute I, when I coach and just in everyday life, I always tell people when it comes to what you do when you're living within your purpose, that I believe there is a formula that we all must adhere to in order to be successful within our purpose and not let ego jump in when we least expect it. And that is to follow the formula of always make it 80% right. about them and 20% about yourself. Okay. So I find it really interesting in your intro on your page you know, empowers heroes to meet their potential. Um, you help people discover how wonderful they are. That's it. Cultivate their talents. That's it. It's all about them. Definitely. So what kind of people over there in Scotland, but you do international yeah. coaching. Yeah, uh, most of my clients aren't in Scotland anymore. Uh, I'd say 80% are international, 20% are domestic. So I've got 80-20 going on as well. But yeah, all walks of life. I've got people who are entrepreneurs in business. I've got people who are students um, who um, feel like they didn't get the level of attention and support that they needed, but they are very ambitious and very intelligent. I've got um, people who've had bereavements, grief, um, trauma, childhood issues 
I've got um, people who are engineers uh, and they're trying to make the most of their uh, free time or move into self-employment. Um, really, the skills of being able to deeply listen to someone, understand them, and ask them questions can be applied to most of life's challenges. And if I did think that someone was facing something that I couldn't be of use to, I'd, I'd point them somewhere else. But the interesting thing is in our industry, in coaching, we're always told to niche down and niche down and niche down. And the, the more specialized you become, the better you will do. Um, I, and I've explored, but I just keep on exploring several different niches because I'm so interested in all aspects of human consciousness and development and self-improvement. I'm interested in finding out what this organism is capable of and uh, helping people um, achieve more of what they are capable of. Uh, again, it comes down to what's important to the individual sitting in front of me. And if I can't niche down, uh, perhaps people, my my personality will appeal to certain people and they'll think that's the guy for me. The same way that as a coach yourself, you know, you've got a certain charisma about you, a charm, um, sense of humor. And some people, when they listen to you, they feel you and they think, uh, you know, Lauren's the right person for me. So we're all trying, uh, there's, uh, there's the right person for each person. It's more about- For each uh, person. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Anthony. Do you find so it sounds it kind of and, and correct me if I'm off on this, but it sounds like what your approach is all about is starting with what you see as a positive in a person mm. and going from there. Because don't you agree? A lot of people um, take for granted some really great things about themselves. They don't see exactly what true. we see. It's so true, and I believe that everyone has the potential in them to solve their own problems with the correct support. And I say with the correct support because if you're just on your own, your mind can go around in circles and you can't really see your own patterns and break out of it. No man is an island. We are all in need of mirrors to reflect back things. Everyone has a back. We can't always see things about ourselves. So yeah, we w I want to unlock people's own positive resources and cult help them cultivate those resources. You know, we've got all these seeds inside us. Some of them are in various stages of development, but we all have various talents. So yeah, we help, uh, and that's, we wanna plant those seeds. So there's two elements to making a beautiful garden. One is you need to pull up weeds, and the other is you need to plant seeds. So that's what I do. I, I'm a people gardener. I help them uproot the blocks okay. to their growth, and I help them cultivate their talents and skills and their self-esteem and they begin to see themselves as capable of achieving things that they didn't necessarily know that they were capable of achieving or they thought they might be able to achieve but they weren't ready yet we we work on getting them ready right awesome so let me ask you here at this point this is a great time to throw this into the mix uh you know every like once a quarter I'll throw a question, the same question out on Facebook in the form of a poll. And people, I'm always amazed that it's always right around the same ratio of the, of the, the choices. I always ask, 
what would you say is the number one thing that, that stops you or the number one barrier in your life from living the life that you dream of? And 96% of the people consistently say, me, uh, I'm the one who gets in the way. So taking that, keeping that in mind, what would you say in your experience is the number one pushback that you get from your clients that come to you when they, they, they've made the decision, they know they want to change something or else they wouldn't be there. And then here they are in front of you and you begin, but you're, you're, getting, you're sensing some type of resistance. Yes. Where does that resistance live? Where does it originate? What do you think right. is the number one thing inside people? Wow, this is, that's so, um, there's a lot to say on that. Essentially, the difficulty is for people dealing with the emotional states that arise when they try to do the things that they need to do in order to achieve their goals. It could be anxiety. It's, it could be um, self-criticism, all sorts. But fundamentally, people don't avoid doing things. They avoid the emotions that they anticipate experiencing when they try and do those things. So I wrote a short book called Procrastination Annihilation, it's free to download from beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. And in that book, I outlined some of the mindsets that create these emotional blocks and put forth some very practical methods for becoming more productive, developing habits and overcoming procrastination. And a lot of the time it's about the, breaking things down into smaller chunks. So first of all, you need to be... Step one is always clarity. That's like, what exactly do I want to do? What decisions do I have to make about how to do it? And if you can just start with putting one foot in front of the other, instead of seeing everything as a great big mountain that you have to climb, because we would be scared uh, climbing up a mountain if we were always looking at the top. We'd also trip over our feet. It's more about learning to actually define what your next action is. And the more clear people can become, we have, uh, the, the easier it is to move forward. It doesn't necessarily become easy, but it becomes easier. And we can train ourselves to become more resilient to those emotional blocks by exposing ourselves to them a little a day. It's a little bit like going to the gym. Like, I can't bench press my own weight but i but i hope i will be able to you know and but i know that i can't go from not being able to do it to being able to do it tomorrow it's going to take time and persistence and it's the same with these sure. bl emotional blocks we have to pursue our goals if you can do a little bit a day you become more resilient and you and you gradually become able to bench press more emotion so to speak Okay, so it is it is a muscle, mm -hmm. uh, all of these things, so it, it makes sense to me. Before we go into the next question, let me just take a moment and acknowledge all those who have shown up since uh, I last said hi to you guys. I want to say hi, hello to Christian Warwick. I believe he's over there in your neck of the woods. And London. Um, a friend of yours, okay, in London. Hey, London, what's going on? Now, that's where I want to go. We'll talk about that okay. later. Okay. Ray Chu. Good morning, Izzy Davalos, Beth here, Lewis. Hope to see you this weekend when I'm in your neck of the woods. Perry Power, Brendan Elliott, thank you so much. And Scott Argain, my photographer, how are you? So listen, 
my next question for you is this. You mentioned earlier self-criticism, mm -hmm. and that, that jumped out immediately to me. Um, and so answer this. If, do you believe self-criticism and low self-esteem are synonymous, or are these two different animals altogether? Hmm. I'm not really sure, Lorraine. I know that... So, hmm, good question. When you say low self-esteem, like what we're describing is a bunch of feelings and behaviors. Uh, there's a behavior element, which is, you know, you can't lock eyes with anyone without looking down because you feel self-conscious. And there's um, uh, cognitive elements like self-criticism. So let's say self-criticism might be one part of having low self-esteem. So um, the thing is, it's all about emotion as well. Like we, we experience anxiety in social situations and that can cause us to retreat and it can be our self, it can be our spiral. Um, when we don't feel confident and competent in our ability to handle life situations, we will also experience self-esteem. So w one way of, there's two parts to self-esteem. There's the idea of like, I can accept myself no matter what, but there's the also, there's also, Self-esteem comes from a feeling that you know how to handle yourself in life and you can deal with situations. It's very hard to have self-esteem uh, if you can. So part of self-esteem is also building up various skills and talents and the ability to deal with the situations that you run into, whether it's work right. or with other people. Because, you know, we hear about the self-esteem uh, movement these days where everyone gets a trophy. Um, and there's been some criticism of that, you know, because in the real world, so to speak, everyone doesn't get a trophy. You know, sometimes we lose, but it's not about really competing. Uh, the, the thing that I don't like about the criticism of that is I don't think that life should be inherently seen as a competition. I think we all benefit from cooperation. So it's, it's not about winning a trophy in terms of beating anyone else, but being aware of what areas in your life are not together yet, whether it's your health, right. your work, your financial situation, your circle of friends, your romantic relationship, and be realistic about that and see what you can do to improve them. And that's how we uh, improve our self-esteem, broadly speaking, not just by saying affirmations like I love myself over and over again. All day. Right. Although there is a place for that as well. Right. Right. And you know, that was absolutely on point as far as I'm concerned when you said about the competition, because that's one of the things that I preach, preach, mm. preach, 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 is that we are, everything begins to change. It, at least it did for me. And I know it does within my coaching program for people. When we stop looking at this from the mindset that we're in competition with others mm. and truly understand that we're only in competition with one competitor who has never lost a race. And that is time. Right. You, you start looking at things a little different. But I want to go back here real quick and ask you back to this self-criticism versus self-esteem issue, because, you know, here's the thing in mental health and mental wealth uh, that that I believe gets, uh, you know, it messes up the line in the sand. It creates a foggy window in which to look through simply because there's so many loosely used terms. Mm. So 
I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, for instance, self-esteem is a loosely used term. It, what's it look like is what I want to know. So if you were, you know, I read somewhere that around 83% of people have an issue with accepting a compliment. If you say, oh, I love your hair. I couldn't do sure. anything with it. Great outfit. Oh, this old thing. So where does that fall? Is that me being self-critical or is that just me feeling like, I'm not worthy of a compliment, which is low self-esteem. Um, or is it just don't worry about what face it is, just do better right. or seek to, to be better? What, do you, what say you? Thank you. I love the question and I love the fact that you point out that these terms are so ill-defined. People just say, oh, low self-esteem. But there's so many elements to low self-esteem. Um, you know, not being confident in situations, not being able to take a compliment is a great example. Well, why do people find it hard to take a compliment? It could be because they're not sure it's true or it could, a lot of the time it's because they've been grown up. When they were growing up, they were treated like they were nothing or people said things to them like, oh, don't get big headed anytime they were proud of themselves. So they've learned a rule which is I'm not allowed to think anything good about myself because if I do, I'll be big-headed or I think I'm better than other people. You know, people really have strange beliefs about thinking good things about themselves. I'm always able to say when I think I'm good at something because I'm always able to say when I think I'm bad at something. I'm terrible at art, Lorraine. I'm not good at competitive sports. Um, and I'm happy to say that. And I, I know the things that I am good at. I think I've got good language skills. I'm a good communicator. Some people are, find it um, impossible to say something like that about themselves. So if you experience the phenomenon that you find it difficult to take compliments, then the first thing to do is become aware. Become aware of the fact that you're finding it difficult to take it and see if you can change your behavior and just say thank you instead and see, just try it out a half a dozen, a dozen times and see how unbearable or not it is. And it will get easier. I'm a very big believer in trying things out and seeing what they feel like. I used to believe right. that I'd get the answers from a book or a YouTube or a podcast. And since I've worked on myself more, I realize that it's all about firsthand experience. So the same with any element of your life that you you might suffer from low self-esteem in some areas but not others um, because you don't feel capable yet. And, and we have a tendency to avoid doing things that don't come naturally to us. For most of my life, I avoided exercise because it didn't come naturally to me. Um, thinking came naturally to me, so I, I focused on my strength. Now I, I've been getting my body sorted uh, over the last couple of years and it got to the point where I could actually enjoy going to class in a gym, but I avoided that for so long because it felt uncomfortable. So again, the first thing is clarity and awareness. What are the things that you're uncomfortable doing? And if it's something like, um, and can you make it easier for yourself? So for example, if you want to get better at talking to strangers, you can make that easier by starting with people who work in shops because they're not going to reject you because they've got a job to do. You practice with the waitress and then and then you get used to doing that. You get experience um, making conversation with people who present themselves to you, someone who tries to offer you a flyer in the street, something like that. 
when you've got more experience, so this is just an example. That's much easier than going up to someone ran, random in a mall or in a bar and speaking to them. So always right. make things easy on yourself. If there's an area that you want to grow in, find something that's easier to do than the thing that you think you have to do. If you want to write a book, start with writing a short story. And uh, uh, that that's just an example and so on. This is something that I took me a long time to learn and I feel like if I'd learned it earlier, my life would be easier. Yeah. Right. I, I feel the same way. And you know, you're absolutely right when you say firsthand experience, because the reason I use the example of the um, uh, inability to accept a compliment was because I was prone right. to that myself. And how did I get beyond that? Because my career um, dictated yeah. it, that I, would, I needed to learn how to accept um, authentically and be yeah. grateful. So uh, gratitude had a lot to do with it. But also, how did I teach myself how to become comfortable receiving a compliment? I trained myself to look for ways to give them. Right. And that alone, because now I see other people uh, that are uh, similar. And I see people who aren't, who can take a compliment. Oh, thank you. Or you say, you know, because at first you get shocked when you say to somebody, oh, girl, your hair looks great. I know it. You yeah. know, and some people would think that that response is negative. I I think it's, it's not. Wonderful. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. They're free, they're joyous, they're happy, and they're comfortable in their own skin. I mean, come on, people. When, we, when we're leaving the house, the last thing we do is stop at that mirror in the hallway and give it one last final check. Because, and we walk out feeling comfortable in what we do and what we wear and how we feel. So when someone else acknowledges it, why is it? No, don't say that about me. Don't say that about me. So anyway, you're right. First-hand experience. Chip away at it, which, which really ties into your original theory of don't try to climb the whole mountain. Yes. Just go up a few yes. stop, steps, stop and have some lunch, yes. you know, kick it, and then keep going. You'll eventually get there. And one last thing before my next question is, you're absolutely right about the best foot forward. Because here's another thing. People always... I think liken best foot forward to, well, I'm right-handed, so my best foot is my right foot. I believe your best foot is the one you most recently moved to the front because I can have two good feet and sit on my butt or stand in one spot, and I might as well not have any feet at all. So your best foot is the one you just moved, and it doesn't matter how far you moved it, a giant step, yes. a middle step, or a baby step, because if you keep moving it even a little bit, in front of the other, you're going to get somewhere eventually. So I thank you for that. So now tell us this. You have a book or two or three or something. Tell us about your writing. Thank you. Um, yes, and before I do, I just want to give you some compliments myself because you're such a gracious host. I really appreciate you having me on Bathroom Moments thank and the you. chance to speak to your audience as well. Yes, I wrote this book, you're welcome. Uh, Procrastination Annihilation. It only takes about two hours to read. It's short and it can be downloaded for free from beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. Dan McCluskey uh, says in the comments, perfectionism caused me great trouble till I realized I was one. Uh, so uh, perfectionism is one of the things that I speak in the book and how to deal constructively with perfectionism. So as Dan McCluskey says, progress, not perfection. We'll never be perfect, but we can get a little bit better every day. And that's um, what my book will help you to do. It's based on my own struggles with procrastination and trying 
and mm. uh, and explores the real method. It's not got any woo-woo. There's no magic wand. It's not going to turn you from a procrastinator to a productivity machine overnight. However, it will help you go to the gym, so to speak, and become a little bit more productive every day until over time you become a non-procrastinator. And that's what it did for me. It's the genuine method that I used to finish the book, to become a persistent writer, to be able to put out two podcasts a week, to be able to do all of the things that I do that I used to avoid, including going to the gym, uh, flossing my teeth, all the little things. Um, so I definitely recommend everyone pick it up because it's free and you will you can share it with your friends. You can pass it on. Uh, it's beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. And it will teach you to be yourself and love it, to have more um, conscientiousness and to achieve what it is that you want to achieve with your life. That is awesome. And that's the best price on the planet. Yeah, definitely. Free. We love us some free. So yeah. there you go. So, and you know what I love about it? It gets rid of the excuse. The number one excuse. There's two. I don't have time. I don't have the money. Mm -hmm. So you know what? If you don't have time to pick up some valuable um, knowledge and information for free, then you know what? I don't know what to say about you. Sure. That's all I'm going to say. So, um, <laughs> but listen, one more thing as we round this final lap of the uh, interview, your podcast. Yeah. And I want to remind you before we get into the next question. Um when I release you and send you into the Willy Wonka um, elevator, which instead of going down, it will shoot through the roof of our um, building here today and send <laughs> our guest all the way back to Scotland. So just letting you know, prepare for that. Take your Dramamine early. Um, you also said something that is not becoming of a wizard earlier. You said no magic wand. Oh, I love that you brought that up. Well, okay. It really depends how you define magic. If you think there's a little alchemy um, of turning involved and turning yourself from the person you are now to your future self, then I guess you could say there, that it is a magic wand and there is some magic in the air because the future you is calling the now you to become the future you. It's a very confusing uh, conversation because everyone has the same name. But um, this, so I appreciate that. Um, what I mean is, there's a lot of met people out there who promise you the impossible. And I am very committed to giving people resources that are practical and realistic and they can use. And what I meant when I said I ha it's not exactly a magic wand is that this is a believable method. When you read the book, you will believe that you're capable of doing it. And as you said, it's free. It only takes two or three hours to read, so everyone's got the time, and it will be very beneficial. The feedback so far has been incredibly warm. I get lots of emails from people saying, reading your book is like you read my mind. You know exactly what to do this. So I'm very happy that people feel understood by the book and that they find the methods to be practical. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to get it. Um, absolutely. Because I all of that kind of stuff, whether it's a hard copy or audio 
or something like that. I look at it like I am filling. I have an arsenal. Mm -hmm. I have a panic room that, um, and I do. I, I'd rather have a panic room than a panic mindset. So I, I furnish my panic room with all of the different things in my arsenal so that I can shoot down and annihilate all those things that are going to try to break in and rob me from the things that has taken me decades to accumulate right. to become the person who lives within its purpose. I love everything you say, Anthony, because it supports the mindset that in order to live in purpose, you must first learn to be on purpose. And, and when you do that one little step at a time, one little baby bite at a time, you have no choice but to eradicate that accidental mindset, which keeps you from being the you that you were designed to be. And that's a wonderful thing. And it's something we want everyone to experience along their journey in order to, at the end of the road, look over their shoulder and say, I do it all again because of how it ends. So I just want to thank you so much. Please, 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 Anthony, will you drop all of those wonderful links into the comments <laughs> so that people can find yeah. you and everything you're doing and keep an eye on yeah. you. And, and I should just mention the links to my podcasts and my YouTube channel and everything. All of my links are in the book. So the best way to get a hold of me is just to download the book from beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. And you'll get like there it all is. of my media. Thank you so there much, Lorraine. Uh, I'm sorry that we didn't get the full time because I had such a joy speaking to you, but I think it turned out all right in the end. Well, you know, I I was already going to say this before you entered the Willy Wonka elevator. Um, and, oh, and don't forget to stop around the corner um, when we go off. There's a swag bag waiting for you. Um, so um, full of magic tricks. Wow. So, uh, right. And also an American clock. So next time you'll be on time. I'm kidding. Definitely. I'm kidding. Listen, you were worth the wait. Oh, thank you. You were worth the wait. And I don't believe that there are any mistakes on the planet. I believe that everything has a number. It has a place. And so whatever happened today was what was written a long time ago. We just showed up to dot the I's and cross the T's. So thank you so very much. Anthony, keep doing what you're doing. I can't tell you how deeply I appreciate you coming in all the way from Glasgow, uh, Scotland, and ha having such a good attitude and having fun with me, bantering back Definitely. and forth. But most importantly, most importantly, um, dropping all the wisdom that you did. You truly are. Uh, the life wizard, and I'm so glad and proud to have made your acquaintance. So, if and in as I do with all guests, in conclusion here, if you if you had to choose one thing that you would wish that our audience, including myself, would never forget, a truth that you will go to wherever is next, holding on to because you know it's so important. What would that truth be that you'd like to leave with us today? You have what it takes to deal constructively with the present moment. You always have what it takes to deal constructively with what is happening right now in front of you. If you just sit back, sink back into your presence, find your resources and just put one foot in the front of the other, try not to rush. Bring your self to your experience and then you'll work a little magic. I love dotting the I's and crossing the T's with you. Thank you. Ditto. And 
you have a standing invite. You're welcome back anytime. I'd love to. <laughs> you, excuse me. You don't have to wait for me to reach out. You can reach back, and I'll get you on at the first, the very oh. first availability. It would be an honor. I really, really enjoyed that. So I'd be, I would be honored to rejoin you, um, in bathrobe moment. Awesome. Um, now let next. me ask real quickly, your your podcast. What's the format? Um, it's really various different things. Sometimes I interview other people. Sometimes, oh, sometimes. What kind of people? People just like you, Loren. So, oh, so, is that an invitation? Uh, I, I believe it is. Other times, I will take, um, I'll take interviews like this that I've been on other shows, and I'll upload them to Be Yourself and Love It podcast. So it's mostly a place for people to get all my media in one place so that they don't have to go all over the internet trying to find me. That was the original purpose of it. So I've got some interviews. I've got some of me being interviewed. I've got a few shows I did on my own and uh, some various conversations. I had a phone in once. It's, it's quite eclectic. And I think that if people like your show, they are, they're quite likely to like Be Yourself and Love It podcast. So I definitely recommend people check out a couple of episodes. And if they like it, they'll stay. Ah, well, I certainly plan on doing that. And I love what you're doing, uh, making one-stop shopping, so to speak, for all of your uh, mental health, mental wealth, however you want to look at it, personal development. It's all about just getting it done. We have one story to write. That's our only task in this lifetime is to write a story, but to make sure that you write a classic, right. a leather-bound classic and not some dime store novel. So that's what you get today here on Bathroom Moments. And Anthony Semenov, thank you so much for everything that you've um, given us today. I plan on taking it with me, and I suggest all of you do the same. You're welcome back anytime. Have a great day, and thank you again. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Wow. Was that awesome? It was definitely worth the wait. Definitely worth the wait. And I am most assuredly going to have Anthony back on because there was much more to talk about. I loved it. What about you guys? Let me see some love on the screen if you if you feel like I feel. I really found value and benefit in this today, and I hope you have. Listen, as we close out today, I want to remind you that tomorrow, where is it? Oh, uh oh, oh shoot. Who is it? Uh-oh. Oh, hold on. I flipped the page. That's why I don't know where it is. Tomorrow, I have Noella Melvin here. Um, so tune in. You'll learn more about her later in the afternoon when I post the um, flyer for tomorrow's show. But as always, like with all the guests here, great, great people with wonderful, riveting stories, please check out everything that Anthony has to offer, and he has a lot to offer. I'm going to do it. I hope you do it. But in the meantime, listen... Get out there today, won't you? And do what it is we are commissioned to do in this world, and that is love up on everyone we possibly can. But remember, first, you have to start with loving yourself. I'm Lauren Michaels Harris. This has been your bathrobe moment for the day. Um, join me back tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Central, and we'll do it all over again, God willing. Okay? So thank you for being here. As always, I tell you, I love you because every time we come together like this, supporting the power of we, I leave a better me. 
So thank you so much for that. Hit the notifications button to ensure you don't miss any of the great content found right here on Bathroom Moments. And then do one more thing for me. Hit that share button. It's an easy way to start the process of putting something into the atmosphere that can land in someone's life and perhaps save or increase the power of we in someone else's life. So please do that. Sharing is caring, and you can start by hitting the share button. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you to those of you who stuck around during my absence to listen to back episodes. I noticed that the show's still been doing reasonable numbers despite my disappearance. Until next week, be yourself. Well, don't just be yourself. Be yourself and love it.